0: Welcome to From the Heart with Daniel Groom and Don Lister of Anahata Yoga Centre. Today we are here with Chef Cynthia Louise, who lives in Bali but is Australian. Um, so I discovered Chef Cynthia when I was stalking another Bali brand online. So there's this really cool Bali brand called Anahata, Ananda Ananda Soul Creations. Um, and they do this incredible jewellery, ethical jewellery. They have an ethical ethos around what they do and sell, which really is whenever I buy anything, I just like check out a little bit about them before I give them my dollars. And I kind of started stalking this woman. Um, and then she, Cynthia popped up on her feed. I was like, who is this incredible person? And then I watched all of her videos and kind of lost a day, went down this wormhole. So then I thought, okay, I have to speak to her. You have to be on our podcast, you're really inspiring. A lot of people have got a really crappy relationship with food. They don't know how to start, don't know where to start. They don't know what wheatgrass is or whatever. And I thought, I'm going to speak to you because you keep it really real. So I was did a little happy dance when you said you would come on. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, so we're going to find out about what you do and have a really interesting conversation in just a second. But first, let's see how everybody is. Daniel, you've been away for a week. You abandoned me to self-care, quite rightly and um, I kind of struggled on for the week. No one died, classes continued, everything is well. But how, how are you? Are you feeling good?
1: I am well, thank you, Dawn. Yeah, it was a well needed week away. Um, wasn't quite what we had planned. We were supposed to be in Australia for three weeks, um, ended up for four days in Brighton. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> bit of a change. <laughs> However, um, All of the rain that we experienced, I think, cleansed me and washed all the stress away from me. (laughs) wasn't how I was expecting to de-stress, but it worked very well. And I was just fortunate to be able to spend a bit of time with some friends that I haven't seen because of all the lockdowns that have been going on. I haven't seen them this year at all. So it's been really, really lovely to just connect with them. And I feel like a new person. So thank you for looking after the business for a week, Dawn. I dare ask, how are you?
0: <laughs> you know, as I told you, I had a bloody week. I had, well, I had that kind of week. And, and my mother-in-law, who I said I think in the last podcast, has moved in with us. She's lovely, so we're all good. But she's, she ended up in hospital last week, didn't she? She had a heart attack and a stroke. And so she's, she's not good, bless her. And she's, uh, but I think, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, she's coming home today. Um, to be waited on handed food she'll enjoy a bit of that and uh, and I forgot about the gong bath last week that we're running that was hilarious forgot to organize the gong bath but you know what we're all good I feel yeah I feel good I'm just really excited about this podcast so yeah, sending good wishes to Anne my mother-in-law absolutely good wishes she needs um she's 85 Uh yeah so anyway chef Cynthia Louise welcome and how are you tell us how you're doing I'm doing great. Life is, life is magical.
2: It's pretty amazing, actually. Oh, beautiful, wow. beautiful, beautiful time to be alive, to be honest. I can't wipe the smile off my face. <laughs>
0: that's wonderful. It's so good to hear. And I have to say, I mean, our listeners can't see you, but you are glowing with health. And Thank I, you I very guess, much. <laughs> I guess that's down to a couple of things, I imagine. It's down to what you put in your body. And also, your, I think your outlook—your outlook—is incredible. You know, very positive, very community-minded, very engaged. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, so we have some context? Well, um,
2: who I am—I'm a woman <laughs> and a mum <laughs> and a businesswoman, and my—you know—best friends to my girlfriends and boyfriends, and you know, I have this incredible life where I was born actually which is it's astounding to me because i was adopted and as an adopted child your my birth mother had you know two options to give me life or to abort me and she gave me life and i was adopted and taken over to papua new guinea at such an early age which is you know the other side of indonesia and i grew up there for 20 something years of my life and it it was it was a really interesting life and and now I'm living in Indonesia on an island of the gods called Bali, and I'm not religious, but I tell you what, <laughs> it's pretty magical when you're when you're standing there saying you're not religious, and you're standing here on the islands of the gods, going, actually, I really am, because <laughs> the people are so magnificent. Um, yeah, and just been been in a really great, you know, great. in in a great life in in the sense that I've, I've been raised to work, you know, like my, my parents were entrepreneurs, the most working class people you can imagine. We call that an entrepreneur these days. And, you know, I founded my first business, you know, when I was 28 years old, I'm now turning 50 in January. And it's like, it's like, I'm just so grateful. Um, And then became a qualified chef and recreated myself at the age of 35. I was always one of those people that loved to cook, you know, go to Cynthia's house, she's cooking tonight, you know, or, oh, my God, are you cooking tonight? You know, so I was always one of those. So... I'm a qualified chef and I trained in one of Australia's leading health retreats. So I'm not one of these chefs that done a six week course or did a raw course or did something and became a healthy chef or anything like that. I don't cast myself as anything like that. I'm, a, I'm a, a fully qualified chef. I just happened to have the foundation of growing up in Papua New Guinea, where I've used food as close to nature intended it to be with low human interference out of the food trends and out of the wellness industry and into actually life. So I have that foundation. So my career exploded um, yeah, at, at, at about uh, 38, yeah, it just started to happen for me where I made that happen actually because I wanted to, to be, you know, someone that could pass on what I was generating every second
0: of the day. So
2: that, that's who I am.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's quite a journey. And there's quite a few things there about you that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So you, you have a child. There's a lot of jungle, isn't it? I know I have three. So I have three of my own, three stepkids and two grandkids. And um, I'm also, I've also just turned 50, so I think we have a lot in common. Um, yeah,
2: well, my child's 26 or 27, I can't remember. One of those, he's gone. He's been gone for years. He's, he's living his life since he was 17, like he's my mate. I don't have, I live on my own and I don't, he's in Australia and actually he barely talks to me.
0: <laughs> 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 you have an appointment with your kids when they get older, don't you? <laughs> yeah,
1: unless they're, right.
0: Unless they're coming, then they're pretty quick. pretty swift. It's so funny. So I, one of the things I noticed about um, you and on your Insta page, because that's where I first found you, was you re- really big into collaboration. That's quite a big thing for you. You, okay. what? Hmm. what can you talk a little bit about that. What does that? How does that come into your life? What does it mean to you? How does it? How does that work? Oh, you know,
2: like together we're better, right? you know i i just i'm i'm i know my skill set and know what i'm good at and i'm good at a lot of stuff i'm actually really freaking great at a lot of stuff but there's some parts that i'm just like it's not my flow and I, and it's not a weakness when once you know in my early 20s when i started my own business i thought it was a, it was a weakness and then i learned very quickly that the right partners and collaborations can not only enhance your heart but it can enhance the learning journey, you know, it's forever teaching, forever learning, forever learning, forever teaching. It's a, it's a really great saying that I learned a long time ago. Um, and, it, and it just, it's just, it is that. And I love that. And I love that about collaborations. Um, the people I collaborate with and continue to are, are ones that, you know, I can sit across the screen and go, how the fuck are you? You know, what's going on? You know, and just just be me and, and not have to, to, Shift and lift to someone else to get a partnership, and that's kind of how I I, I operate. It's great. It's a really it's a really great
0: um, feeling to be able to collaborate. Yeah. Daniel, you wanted to see something, I guess. Yeah,
1: I, I was just thinking about that idea of collaboration, and there's something that we really, really, really kind of try and embody Dawn and I, because, like you said, we're so good. Uh, certain things and other things. We just need other people around us. You need different perspectives. You need different ways of pulling resources. And and that idea of actually not being fearful of collaborating with other people, I think is is a really, really powerful thing because so often people become very siloed and almost kind of miss opportunities because they're fearful of sharing with others. And I think to have businesses that are so open with being able to share and not being afraid of competition and not being afraid of actually saying, you know what, I'm good at this, but I'm rubbish at all this stuff. You know, we don't have to be good at everything. It's actually about making sure that what we deliver is sincere and from the heart and and ultimately not, not harming anybody.
2: Yeah, I love it. Perfect, perfect, perfect analogy. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to... Um, stand in the presence of someone you know participating beyond the eye. you know I do this and I make this and I and I and it's all you know, the, the abundance is not in the eye. it's in the it's in the mundane you know I was asked yesterday I was doing an interview yesterday and um, we're doing some filming and he's the, the director said to me so I'm going to ask you a question is like what do you love about Bali I'm like this right now this He goes, but we're just, we're having a conversation about the job. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. This is the shit that I love right now. Just chilling out here in my cafe with the team around me who are my friends and you talking about something quite extraordinary. That's, That's it. And they're like, oh, man. That's really good, but I don't know how to. I can't, they can't, people can't handle that because they're like, what do you like about Bali? Do you like the ocean? Do you like the sunset, you know, the sunset to the south or the north Bali? Or do you like the waterfalls? Do you like the culture? It's like, oh, man, I, I love just right now, you know. You know, collaborations, can, collaborations can, can really,
0: you know, swing you into the present. They really can. Yeah. I, I, could, I so agree with you. I think, and I, I talk about this a lot and I write about this a lot, you know we are as beings, so often seeking um something outside of ourselves or you know i'm gonna go to bali and be happy or i'm gonna you know go tomorrow i'm gonna go into london and spend some money or when i achieve this particular goal then i'll be there but actually we're missing all the now and it's in the the sweetness of the now is the is 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 our sweet spot it's the place where it's the only place that's real for a start. Nothing else truly exists. It's all fictional in our head or some distorted memory. Mm. And now is the bit that we, that we want to remember as we go forward, you know, as you go to the end of your life and you look back, it's all those beautiful moments of interaction with other human beings. They're the, they're the special thing. It's not what you own. It's not what you've seen. It's, it's who you've seen it with and what you've done. It's that, that connection of souls souls that happen you know, whether that be over foods and a yoga class or a walk with your friends, you know, doing the laundry with your kids, you know. But yesterday afternoon, I sat with two of my kids for the afternoon, they were just downloading about their relationships and just one of them was drawing because she's covered in tattoos and she wants to be a tattoo artist and she was drawing tattoos. And we were just talking about crap. But I was like, this is one of the best moments ever because I was just, <laughs> we were there. There was nowhere else to be. There was nothing else I should be doing. And I said to them, I said, "Oh God, I've done nothing for three hours." And they, "What do you mean you've done nothing? You spoke to us." And I thought, "Actually, a really valid point. Thank you for that." <laughs> I so I so near you. Um, just, just coming back to a little bit around your, you, what you do and your, your, you know, food, the stuff you do around food. We we did a podcast um, last week with somebody who is a psychologist and and a yoga teacher, and she was speaking about body image. And I know that's something that comes up for you in some of the stuff you put out in your social media. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your view on body image and the relationship with food and bodies and how we how we look at ourselves?
2: Well, that's just it. It's it's like I don't have a view because I didn't grow up like that. That's the, that's the extraordinary part about my voice is like, I didn't have that. I didn't have, I didn't have the books and the magazines and the the the, the teenage kids and around me and the the many seasons of fashion. And the and the you know the many types of thighs inner thighs outer of thighs the ass the boobs the up the down i didn't have it i just didn't have it i ran around my whole entire childhood and adulthood no shoes on in villages and out the back of my dad's workshop running amok you know being covered in head lice and catching hep a and hep b and hep c and getting malaria and dengue fever and i just didn't have that vibration so for me coming to australia and being confronted after seeing many deaths in Papua New Guinea and people starving and dying of, you know, malaria and just unbelievable greatness that I saw to having a stunning human beyond the physical form of realm of what we know as perfection saying how disgusted they are <laughs> in their ass, thighs, hips, boobs, face, chin, arms, legs. Shocking. Shocking to my system, and I could never, I could never, I, I, I to this day I, I don't understand that. And so when I hear my girlfriends around me talk about, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that, or oh, I wish that my boobs, oh, I got this like thing here, and oh man, it just it just goes holy shit, like oh my god, like how could you? In my head, it's like, how do they not see what what is like? How how do they not see? themselves internally they're only focusing on the external how do they not see that heart and that liver and those lungs and that pancreas and those eyeballs and those nipples which are an organ and those amazing parts of us that we can't see and it shocks me to my core so my my voice comes from bloody shock to be honest and um and i am and i'm constantly confronted by it in an industry called the wellness industry which i personally can't stand so i stay far away from it as possible and stand in the prevention industry where you know it's not really talked about that much where one and one is privileged to be alive and the fact that we have this moment which will never happen again and is 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 that enough or is it so i you know and so i shine in from basically borderline aggravation <laughs> And, um, you know, just it's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying. And, and then, if I go to one of my girlfriends who's had um, anorexia, proper anorexia, I'm talking hospitalized, proper anorexia, and she's talking about it now, and you would know her, she owns an Undersoul Creations. And having her in my life and her voicing her body issues and being a part of my world and meeting her and introducing her to her internal self, that's how we became friends. Um, I watch her evolve into falling in love with her internal. It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. And then from there, it's like, wow, your voice is incredible. And she is, I get goosebumps thinking about it. She is falling in love with herself. You know, it's an
0: interesting thing, isn't it? And I can feel the goosebumps myself as soon as you started speaking about it. I kind of had this moment of tingly all over. I I completely hear you. This is the thing, isn't it? It's people have been taught to see themselves as other. You know, they're not pointed inwards to their soul and the magnificence of that space. They're they're pointed outwards to say, you aren't good enough unless you you match this. And it's a way of keeping people on that consumer cycle, isn't it? You need this lotion. You need these new jeans. You need this next pair of trainers. You need um, this particular yoga mat. You need to be a size eight, 10, whatever the current trend is. I mean, I think it's moving more towards curvy this week and next year it'll be skinny again. Who knows? There's no conversation about, well, what's, but tell me who you are, you know, and no, no way of moving people inwards to, to, you say she's falling in love with herself.
2: Yeah, she is. It's, mar- it's marvellous to watch. And I don't even know if the word is anorexia or bulimia. I don't even want to label it. But she, she does in her blogs now and she's talking about it. And she's, you know, I've seen photos of her in a skeleton and, 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 and she really is falling in love with herself. She really, 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 really is. And it's a promise to her self, you know. But, oh, my God, what a courageous soul to, to rub your body and to hold it in the places where it used to make you feel ill.
1: I think that's such a beautiful way that you've described ultimately what so many people are looking for now, which is to really deeply love themselves and how to take real personal self-care to that next level. You know, again, our wellness industries tell us that we have to be doing it in a certain way but actually the only way you can do that is by looking really deeply into those really dark places and no product can help you no product can save you no you know nobody's advice can be any better than actually what you know intrinsically within yourself which is actually that you need to be loved and mm. and 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 finding the way that you do that or the 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 multiple ways that you do that whether it's through the food that you feed yourself The the mindset that you apply to what you do, the the practices that you may choose to uncover and the company that you keep is so important, isn't it? And I think that is ultimately what is scary for marketeers, for the wellness industry, for fashion magazines is actually you need to show the dark sides. You need to show the grittiness. You need to show the uncomfortableness because then people will get it. Because they're yeah. just being fe- they're being fed into buying things, aren't they?
2: Oh yeah, totally. And I know you know fun.
1: I'm I'm sure we've all we've all purchased those things in the past, or 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 found ourselves kind of going down those rabbit holes of starting to believe it. And actually, it's only when you have conversations like this when you start to realise actually, there's so much we can do within ourselves. Sometimes we just need to have. Those people around us just to give us a little bit of a nudge in the right direction, or, you know, we need to have those moments of realization or points where we hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and then we can start to build ourselves back up again. Um, I, 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 I loved what you were saying about, about this connection. And actually, for me, connecting over food is, is such an important thing that I do with friends and family and all all really great memories for me and really difficult ones as well, are normally surrounded around food, (laughs) you know, sitting at a dinner table talking about things or, you know, sitting over a coffee and and talking about something or, Mm -hmm. you know, someone, someone sharing their love for me by something that they've produced. And it comes across to me in just an abundance that that is kind of what you're about and what you're doing (laughs) Mm. and I think maybe it would be lovely to explore that idea a little bit more about you know the importance of actually sitting and eating and the preparation and the the thought that goes into the food and then actually the the giving of the food as well.
2: Yeah it's an interesting process I really am my own teacher on energy because I've I've got this recipe right it could be a mud cake or it could be I don't know a soup of some sort and I've made it over and over and over again for 25 years. And I learned the art of energy, not through Eckhart Tolle and the Greats Online and Google. I can't stand Google. I don't even Google anything. It's so crazy. I mean, sometimes I watch a bit of YouTube, but I stay far away from it, right? And human connection is far, far, far more wealthier than Googling an outcome or an experience. And I and I make that that dish and and I realize, oh man, like. God, I'm angry. I had a really shit time in my head. And that dish is so off balance. Even though I followed everything to the T, down to the temperature, it is just completely and utterly just, it doesn't even, it's just a shock. And time and time and time and time again, I would do that with, with dishes. I'd make it a push, 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 push. And uh, one day I just threw the saucepan down and I just didn't cook for four months. I was done, I was like so not related into the abundance that it was, I was so far out of myself. And that's when I understood a direct line with nature and how we have a vibrational match to things. And from that day, my my headspace is, if, if I'm not, it could be a period, it could be a fight with a mate. I could have knocked my knee and be limping. <laughs> the internet could have gone off. It could be any number of things. The conditions will never be right i must become the right condition so i started to research and in, in myself and my actually my coach cat doors and i started to get a whole lot of understanding around the delivery of food and the delivery of the intention around it and i worked out that the conditions will never be right you've got to become the right condition and how how, how, how do i do that well it's really actually simple. And it's what you talked about before. is like just simply celebrating the mundane in the present. And when I am feeling what I am feeling, I actually don't go near food. I stay away from it and order out or get someone else. Actually, no
0: one cooks for me. Order out.
1: <laughs>
0: it's when, um, when I watched you do your videos, I felt like there was a real ritual around the way you pull it all together. It felt, um, it felt almost sacred, but in but in a very ordinary way, if that makes sense. You know, the way you use your hands, you touch the food, you get in there. And I can really feel like you, you, you almost sense it. You're like sensing into the vibration of the food. And I kind of, I think about how most and not, I have to say, I'm a prolific cooker. I like, I love food. I'll cook. I soak everything. I make all my own paste. I'm a little bit obsessed. Um, so I've awesome. had that. I, I love it. And I've had that, you know, I had that relationship with food since probably I was in my 20s and not when I was younger. But, you know, I look around me, it, it, a lot of people, it's like microwave. They stick it in the microwave. They bring it. They, they have no idea what, you know, they're so dissociated from what they're eating because it, you know, it's already prepared for them. They have no idea what's in it at all. A lot of chemicals and crap. Um, And they don't know what that's doing to the body and they eat it unconsciously, you know, they're standing watching TV or they're on their laptop while they're working. There's not, but for you, it felt like there's a whole ritual around that experience. Could you talk a little bit about, about that? And what your thoughts are around that? Yeah. Like for me, like by
2: going back to growing up in New Guinea, right guys, you got to remember it's a third world country. It's a developing country, you know, foods a right, not a privilege. And for me to be in a mood to cook like that, it's actually disgusting. It's wrong for me. It's such an I thing, I, you know, like I can't stand that in, in myself is that I do that. So I, 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 re- I really come to a deeper understanding and acknowledgement that when, when one has um, forgotten, I like to say, more than I like to say, you know, they're not educated or forgotten um, around the, the importance of survival, Food is one of them. Breath is one of them. Water is one of them. Um, you know, we gravitate to choose things that we don't understand. And we don't do it on purpose to hurt ourselves. And, and we don't do it because an industry is telling us to. We, we simply do it. We simply eat because we're hungry. We know other the reason. And we've just forgotten where, where we come from. And and that's what I teach. I really do bring that presence back into where I am, like I'm in my studio now and when I'm in here filming, it's like, wow, like, you know, you're you're getting really scattered, Cynthia, you know, you're you're, you're out of yourself, you know, bring yourself back for a minute. It's like, wow, and then unfold it. And then when I I watch other people order out uh, food, like you just said, that's not in its real form and its disconnection from its, you know, original source, which is nature, and they become slowly addicted to shitty fat, shitty salt and shitty sugar... And then the cycle you know goes through to disease in the body and whatever i think to myself you know like if 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 one can understand the simplicities of the abundance of simply living they would then choose the abundance of living food Mm -hmm. i just know that i have i have faith in that in that area so much And, and and once i didn't i was very dogmatic around it i was a really rough 20 something in my twenties, you know, I was a radical vegetarian and I was actually quite painful and dogmatic. And it wasn't until I got into my thirties, it was like, no, 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 no. There's no food fight here. You know, it's only a matter of nurturing and nourishing the human to show them the difference between this and this and giving them an opportunity to have a conversation around it instead of pointing the finger at what's wrong and what's not. Yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think um, two two of my girls are vegan one of them's quite militant about it. The other one, not so much so. And I'd say there's definite difference in their relationship with food. Um, and I think, you know, it is, it is vibrational, isn't it? You know, we're bringing life into ourselves. And I want to do that with reverence, you know. And I know I've had my food issues over the years myself. I had very severe anorexia myself as a, as a teenager, up to was about 19. Suffered with bulimia I was about 30. And I remember just one day realizing I would got to a place where I cared more about myself as a being than I did about how I looked on the outside and I'm sure it was the years of meditation and yoga that brought me to that space where I cared enough about myself to stop purging Um, and then I developed this real reverence around well if I'm going to feed myself well in the same way I read certain things I wouldn't read other watch certain things on tv won't watch other have certain people in my life, not others. I did the same with food. So, and then it became, well, no food's bad, but what's the best for me? And I, and I really developed this like intuitive way of eating. So I kind of, well, some days I'll be more veg based, some days more protein based. And um, I I I don't really understand it because I'm not a chef, but, but that kind of, I feel like if you love yourself deeply, you will only do what's right for yourself. And then that, the more you do that the more that that experience seems to grow and become organic for you um what, why do you think it is that people i mean you might not have an idea but i'm curious what you say why people have developed such a disconnection with you know how we feed ourselves and how we look after ourselves? uh you know there's there's, lo- there's lots of feelings i have around that but at the end of the day
2: oh man like science is clever it's actually really clever what they can do with ingredients, food like substances and, you know, the smell of KFC when you drive past, it just makes you salivate. There's something about a, a sausage sizzle at the hardware store in Australia that just brings salivation to my mouth because it's full of um, flavours and colours and yummy salts that are just so dangerous, you know, to the, to the human body. It's like we're, we're clever. Humans are clever. We're very clever. You know, those senses are just activated. Like, you know, you walk past a a fish and chip shop and that, you know, something happens to us, right, and we just follow the trail. (laughs) I don't know. Like I think, I think science is magnificent. I really do, and I really think that what we've done is 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 smart. We had to feed the world, you know, at a certain time, in the turn of the industrial revolution, we, we had we had to feed the world. Something had happened. We would shifted from whole grains into dissecting grains down to making these white fluffy loaves of bread with four hundred ingredients in them, and took shit out and added shit in. And we're just clever. We're clever, and. I love that about us. I do. I really love that about us. And I really believe that with people, humans, you know, that are, that are, you know, in this vibrational match with, with science in the sense of food-type substances, they don't know, you know. They don't know. They don't know. Like, shit, man, I didn't know. When I grew up in New Guinea, that's all I knew. And coming here and faced with many packaged products was a shock to me. Imagine that like the other way around, going to New Guinea and faced with nature, it would be, be a shock. So I, I think that like as we're journeying on and as time's going by and time is one of the most precious commodities, right? And I, and I know after what's happening on the planet, it's so magical. Like people are just like, they're not waking up. Everyone's awake in my opinion. It's more like people are starting to, 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 to see beauty in, the, in, in nature and they're starting to, 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 to slowly choose in a different way. And one thing at a time, I like to say, instead of pushing it so hard. But we, we do initially get addicted to really shitty salt and really shitty sugar and really shitty fat. It's our something happens, right? Mm, bag of crisps. Oh, I'm on the couch with the bag later.
0: <laughs> you know, and I get all- it. They're all gone. You have, I'm like, open a bag of crisps and you have one. No, you can't have one. You've got to have the bag. You've got to have the whole. Totally.
2: Uh, totally. I don't know. I have this joke with my friend who's a, we call it, he's a crisp whore. And um, he just loves them. And he'll sometimes send me a message of him just biting into chips. <laughs> That's the message, you know. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I get why people are attracted to that. I get it. Because I see in myself, when I'm eating a bag of crisps, that fat and that salt, oh, my, I get it. I really get it. So no disrespect to anyone. It's more like the human condition. It's very, very fascinating.
0: And we're, we're, we're living so often mindlessly versus mindfully. And when we, when our eating habits can become quite mindless. It's, and I know for me, when I'm busy, I will become a mindless eater. And then I'll eat far more and it will be... Anything like the kind of delicious food that I would normally enjoy, and Daniel, I can see you. Oh,
1: yeah, I was just reflecting on um, what you've just said about you know that that desire of food. I mean, I I am so strongly led by it. I, I I'm terrible. In fact, I, I run more so I can eat more. That's <laughs> kind of that is literally my mantra. <laughs> so. I'll calculate how much I've eaten over the last few days They'll be like, mm, how many K's do I have to run today <laughs> to burn it off? <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but I love eating food and I'm not particularly fussed about what it is. I just love it. <laughs> it can be healthy, it can be really unhealthy, but Dawn will tell you I literally will eat all day, every day. Love and it. you know, I, I I've just for me it's about being conscious that I'm doing that, still enjoying it, but also having enough time to be able to do the things I need to balance out the days where I've not been so kind to myself in what I've eaten, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um but you know, that's my way of managing it, and you know, it's certainly not It works for my body and it works for my mind and it makes me feel okay. But, you know, many, many people, I think, are really time poor. And because they're time poor, they then don't feed themselves in appropriate ways. So it's very easy to just grab a snack or to grab something that is processed rather than making it at home. And would you have any advice that you could give to people who are time poor that you, that they could just start to maybe shift the way that they cook or they even think about what they're, what they're putting into their body?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to remove the recipe and the food and put it over there because that's the easy part. It's creating for me. It's, you know, what I, what I bring to the world and how I teach is creating your own inner health contract, you know, and it's very important. It's, it's, we talk about time poor bullshit. I'm sorry. You've created a contract, you know, whether you, whether you are working 12 hours a day, cause you've got to pay off the home loan or you've got two kids and a dog and a car payments and you've created a contract and, and, and you've got to pay that flat screen TV off or you've got to pay the credit cut off cause of the holiday that you've created a contract. So what I do is I don't talk about how you can flip an egg and chuck some spag bowl in the pan quickly to, to loosen the time up. I'm not interested in the recipe. That's later. It's never about the recipe. My job is, it's never about the recipe. The recipe is easy. It's about the deeper understanding. If you imagine if you had your own inner health contract, exactly like a contract you do with a home loan, say, and it has clauses. And if you wrote one, and if you sign one for a car and you didn't pay that car back that month, what do you think that bank would do? They would come and they would do whatever the clause said that they would do in that clause point two of the clause of point one. It's how it works. So I invite you to create your own inner health contract. And that might look anything for you. For me, it's simply one, I will drink water every day, two, I will. You know, you know, hang around people that love me for who I am, for what I am and for what I do. Three, I will choose foods that make me feel great. You know what I mean? And you start to list it. And then when you start to understand that contract, you start to fall in love with yourself and you start to pay with energy. And after that, you start to think about things in a different light you start to think about food very differently, because then the food matches the vibrational match of your inner health contract. And you start to choose differently, instead of drinking, you know, the alcohol four times a week, or just on weekends, you don't drink at all. Alcohol is poisoning to the body. It's a fact, it just is, you know, and, and you start to think to yourself, okay, well, I'm not going to go down to the Chinese shop and, and, and buy that or the Indian shop and buy that tikka masala that has an oil slick on the top of the container anymore done with palm oil, you know, which is robbing the, the Borneo rainforest right now because you, you've got an inner health contract. And you start to find another Indian beautiful cultural human that's making, you know, from a really good quality oil and really good quality ingredients and you start to spend your hard-earned cash there, and it matches your contract. And then suddenly... You decide that you're actually going to put something together once one meal a week as i say to people just just one and make it a big one so you got leftovers the next day that means you got two meals winning like winning <laughs> and and make that in the sense of a simple ingredients you know an egg on toast i don't care what it is but but stand there and know that you're choosing to stand there and because not of any other reason it's because of your contract. And you made that contract because you simply value your internal health. And from there, you'll start to shift the idea of the choices that you used to make that become foreign to you. Your palate starts to change and you start to invest, you know, elsewhere. And that's, that to me is like makes my heart shine. That's where it starts. And then, then I'll sell you my cooking classes. <laughs> then I'll teach you how to cook. Other than that, you're not buying my stuff.
0: <laughs> Unnecessary. That's Unnecessary. Perfect. Waste of money, you know? Yeah. That is, that is just beautiful. And I, I just, it so resonates with me in ter- uh, what you're saying. You know, it has to start with us, you know, and, and us caring enough about ourselves to make different choices and you're, you're spot on, you know, let's start with that conversation first. Let's say, do I deserve something better? And maybe not see it in such a, like you have to change everything, that overwhelming, well, I'm used to microwave meals and sugar puffs for breakfast. I can't I can't afford to change or, well then let's not change. Let's just start saying, do I deserve something different? And what one thing could I add in? And um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the whole thing in life. And if if every being starts to do that for themselves and we put our money somewhere else and our energy somewhere else, that bleeds out so that all the the stuff that can seem so overwhelming and weighing us down, that kind of begins to make inroads to those changes. Totally. I I don't. Totally, because you,
2: you look behind me, right? This is yeah. anxiety. This is anxiety for someone walking into a woman's pantry and ripping it apart and chucking some real food ingredients in there would piss me off. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Lead me into myself. That would that that's the gig. This 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 stuff behind me. No, it's not the answer. The answer is the internal person first to get out of the I factor. I must fix myself. I must, I must, I must eat, I must cook. Oh my God, I don't have enough time. I, 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 it's just like, hang on a minute. Like, you know, if you fell in love with yourself deeply there wouldn't be any more eyes. It would just roll out in a natural occurrence of a vibrational match to so the beauty of the abundance that so we get to bloody be alive
0: really at the end of the day, which is magnificent. Oh my God, can you believe it? We're still here. you know that's just so beautiful to to hear you say that because there's that real sense that really comes over from you of that celebration of being alive and being you in this moment and i feel like for a lot of people they're kind of dragging themselves through life literally you know dragging their exhaustion their tiredness their fatigue their their sense of lack they're not good enough um you know dragging themselves to the weekends dragging themselves to their next holiday and um you know to to celebrate where you are right now is the sweetest gift we could have. Do you you feel, um, and Daniel, I'm sure you've got an opinion on this as well, you know, like this whole COVID situation that we've all been living through, I feel feel like it's making people reassess the way they, not just the way they eat, but the way they live and where they put their time and energy. I think that, for me, feels like the gift that's come out of this horrific situation. What do do you guys feel about that?
2: Oh, I don't I, I live in a country, mate, where I don't, we don't even talk about it. <laughs> it's, wow. it's, yeah, um, I just, we don't, we li- oh, look, you know, oh, Indonesia, wow, it's driven by tourism, especially Bali. And the people of Bali are in their villages right now, very content after wow. being extremely worried. They're very content. So we're, it's not, we don't have, It's hard, it's a different world here. It's it's exactly how I grew up in New Guinea. It's a very different world, and presence. You gotta understand, the Balinese people are present all day. It's painful to be around. Trust me, because we're got, got, got i to go. To that, got five. I gotta go to that. interview. Oh yeah. What what's what's the notes? You know. They are present, and they bring a, a they bring a vibration to this island like I've never felt in my life I don't walk down the street and see you know Ibu Jero and say oh how are you going you know with the COVID it just wouldn't come out of my mouth or you know if I went into the village I actually I went to um Badougal a few weeks ago into this really remote place on this farm COVID wasn't even there was no there was just it was just not, it wasn't even exa- oh I sent to my sister. I said do you think they even know about COVID she's like no nah. I'm like this is this yeah. is great so I have no comment but uh look you know sometimes I do go on Facebook and you know oh
0: geez people are full on aren't they sorry <laughs> they just oh, don't I I agree I mean I think I think I, I I'm jealous I want to move to Bali but actually <laughs> the answer pieces within but there's, there's a huge amount of fear there's a huge amount of fear around it but I feel like I know that fear can be a window into a deeper understanding if you let it be. So, and I'm seeing more and more of that happening. You know, the, the harder people have been pushed to, you know, strip back from what's been their normal existence and to look at look at themselves and their behavior and their actions, they're getting the opportunity to open up and let go and say, well, and they are more connecting with food that's the thing like food people are cooking more massively more they're experimenting they're looking at their ingredients they're interested more in, well, where did this come from did this come from abroad did it come locally can i support this local farm i'm seeing these kind of conversations happening all over versus just around my small group of friends who maybe already did that anyway and I, feel, I think I that's incredibly exciting, da- Daniel. What do you think? Do you feel I've, like that? Yeah, I, well,
1: I, what I've noticed with people that I've you know been in contact with is there's been kind of two two streams of ways people have gone. They've either completely engrossed themselves in distraction, so they've they've been working hours, hours longer than they've ever worked. Um, and not through any fault of their own it's just they're maybe in a in a in a job that is in, is is needing them to have even more attention so it's easier to keep distracted by that thing that's kept distracting them than to be present the other people um, are ones that have really embraced this opportunity of change and have really allowed themselves to sit in the uncomfortableness of what's happening and to see the difference between those two sort of groups of people is quite stark now um, and i i've personally noticed a lot i've got a lot clearer around my boundaries and around what I am allowing to interfere in my time anymore. And whether that's work, whether that's social media, whether that's spending time with people that I choose to spend time with or people that I have to spend time with that necessarily I don't want to be around that much, but I have to because of certain circumstances. I, I think I've, I've personally found myself being very clear around actually I've only got so many hours in a day that I'm willing to give and my self care is the most important thing and I think that for me has been the real learning out of this is actually Mm. I can't do any of that stuff unless I'm looked after. So it almost goes back to what we've, you know, been discussing the whole way. Yeah,
2: and the Balinese people are, 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 you know, (laughs) just putting food on the table. There's no other discussion. Seriously, it's just survival, straight-out survival. And, and it's actually thrown, thrown them into a romance, romance of the land, which is, which is where they initially came from, you know? And, and, and they are they a are natural community anyway because Balinese family. So what happens in Bali is you, when you get married, uh, when a woman marries a man, you move into the man's compound and you've got your mother-in-law, your sisters, you know, it's a whole compound. So that so they've always been like that. So they don't have this struggle. It's just more survival with the ones, you know, the humans in the in the tourist industries that's affected them in such a way. But other than that, everyone's just it's very different here. It really does smack you in the face with flavor. You know, it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. You know, and I I don't know what's really I'm like I've said, I'm not a big one of, of Googling stuff,
0: but you know i'm sure there's a lot going on out there that's not nice But again yeah. everything pointing back if we allow it to everything pointing the way home every moment to moment experience is a is a window home if we allow it to be so i'm, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that we will continue to see that you know going forwards um, can I just, I just want to ask you one two more questions first one is if you could talk to your younger self you know the, the part of you before you started, you know, discovering where you are now, this sense of openness and peace and self-love, what would you, if anything, what would you say to that to that younger you? You know, I used to always say, say
2: when I get asked that question in the interview, it was like, I should have gone to school because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But now now I say is, oh, you know, you you were really safe all along. You really were and you were loved. And i think that that's one thing with adopted children we make up these terrible stories they're fabulous like we've got volume one two three and four happening you know like so yeah just knowing
0: the safe yeah yeah i loved (laughs) and and what would you say the other thing is what would you say your main self-care regime is that you do to make sure you're okay you said you drink water what else oh my god
2: stop like Cynthia, don't contaminate the present moment <laughs> with your futuristic, <laughs> your futuristic, you know, perception on the <laughs> on something that hasn't even existed yet. That is my proper self-care. That is it. I probably should move my body a little bit more. I'm a bit slack like that. Um, but yeah, that's it, really. That. Living
0: in a moment and drinking loads of water. I think that sounds like, I think that sounds enlightened. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. But I just have to say Thank you so much for, I know how busy you are and I know how difficult it is for you to carve out some time for anything because you are a busy person. So we are deeply, deeply grateful to have had this conversation with you and started this connection, which I hope will continue in some way or another. Um, and yeah. Um, Thank you so much for being with us. Daniel, I know you've got a few things to say just before we close.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Cynthia, for your time today. It's just been a pleasure to, to hear your stories and just get another, get another view on the world, you know. It's, that's what's so important, and, and the beauty of podcasts, being able to be accessed anywhere in the world, you know. Who knows who we could influence or help or support in some way. So thank you so much for your time today. Such a um, pleasure. Oh, thank you. So in the next couple of weeks, Dawn and I are um have some additional podcasts that we've we've secured. Um we are chatting to an amazing um yoga teacher called Uma Dinz in a couple of weeks, and she has been spearheading a um body of work all around the appropriation of women in yoga and and creating safe spaces for women to be able to practice yoga so i'm really interested in speaking to uma she's actually a, a real influence on my teaching um, so i'm really really excited about that we've also in a couple of weeks got this amazing um, organization um, called the hope foundation and it's a charity um, that works with Indian children, and they're specifically working with Indian children in Calcutta. Um, you might be aware that there, there quite recently, was, was a cyclone in Calcutta, and many, many homes, and I'm talking thousands and thousands of homes, with, were without water and without electricity, and the Hope Foundation have been going in and providing some support for those families and children. So um, the Hope Foundation is a yoga organisation, and it's it's run by um, a whole body of, of, of quite famous people, but then also yoga teachers and and what they do each, a couple of times each year is put on a yoga party. It used to be in a garden, but obviously with COVID lockdowns, it's been unable to happen. So they did an online version this year and it was a real success. folks. So we've got um, the three people that head up the Hat Foundation, who's Simon Lowe, Vicky Stevenson and Ruth Westonby. They're coming in to talk to us all about that amazing work that they're doing to tell you all about how you can sign up for their online classes with all these amazing, world-renowned yoga teachers and how you'll be able to donate if you have any spare cash at all. So we're really looking forward to that. So we would encourage you, if you can, to subscribe to the podcast. Please do leave us a review. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, then please do let us know. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you. Have a good week.